Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the block, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. Manly were dollar seventy five, and didn't we say that was pretty yeah, good? Yeah, that was yeah. Yeah, okay, and which was funny because Manly hadn't won a round one for a while. Anyway, Manly defeat the Dogs, thirty one to six. Now, Manly were definitely dominant, but I do think the Dogs were in the game for until pretty much Kyle Flanagan got sent in in the bin. The headline from this game, in my opinion, is there's two headlines. Manly, wow. Second headline is what a terrible call against the Doggies for that ten in the bin. There is not a world, a universe, a multiverse, a, a dimension that that is 10 in the bin. You are kidding me. Like, are we watching the same video? And it's in slow-mo as well. Like, what are we doing? Like, when you watch it in slow-mo, you think that Kyle Flanagan had as much time to think as the slow-mo. When it happens like that, Tom Javoyevich went past him. The ball went behind him. Tom Dvojevic is almost slowing up. It is only natural for Flanagan to put his hands out to brace. What is he supposed to do? Just keep running into Tom Dvojevic? He barely touched him. Look, if you want to give a penalty, fine. 10 in the bin. We are getting way too liberal with this 10 in the bin. It used to be reserved for... You you had to kill someone. Literally a person. Like You had to, like... Honestly, for 10 in the bin, it used to mean something. Now it's like every game, we're just 10 in the bin, 10 in the bin... In my opinion, a professional foul is where you can see a clear intent. He intended to foul the person to stop a try. You cannot tell me that that was clear intent from Clarefone again. Terrible call. I personally don't think if it was turbo, it's not a Simbin. You reckon? I think it's that superstar sort of value. I reckon if it was Lachlan Croker, for example, Mm. I reckon he gets a bin for it. Mm. Well, yeah, we were in the car, me and Maddie, on the way, or the van, I should say, on the way back from Armadale, and we're listening to this part of it on the radio. And how, how's the reaction from the, the commentators going? He hasn't hardly even touched him. They were absolutely seething. Obviously, went back and watched it, the video live after. Holy dooly, it was soft. What a bad he, call. He can't be, it's like, I'm glad it's only taken, uh, what, half an episode into the season to bring it up again. But 
If only there was like, not that this would have been deserving of it, but five minutes in bin. Oh, it wouldn't have been. Yeah. It, it wouldn't have been five minutes but, in bin. But at least then it would have been five minutes less than what he got. Oh, oh just mate. bring it in. Hey, that's and that's the thing. I am really forgiving of referees when they make calls on the fly mm. because <clears> things happen so quickly. They happen so quickly, and we we can't ex- we let players make errors all day. Refs are going to make errors. They're going to make errors. So when it happens on the fly, I just go, mate, this is rugby league. You're going to get some calls. You're not going to get some calls. Eventually it comes around. When you watch a video replay 10 times over and you send oh. someone to – that's unforgivable. It's not good enough. It is not good enough. It's a bad call. I don't think there's anyone that was sitting there going, oh, that deserves 10 in the bin. I just – it's so surprising to me. Like, I, Anyway, even though that happened, the dogs – definitely didn't deserve to win like that that wasn't the reason they lost uh i think they lost because manly were outstanding and the dogs looked rudderless they looked really rudderless uh we'll talk about dogs first maddie burton seemed i'm i'm convinced now that maddie burton needs an extremely dominant seven i think there was a a world or an idea that maybe maddie burton could become like a the leader where he directs people around the park, he gets everywhere where he needs to go. I think it's become evident between two things. When he was at Penrith Panthers, I think they tried a similar situation where Luai was the six and he was seven when he came in, or at least they thought Burton would be the guy that lead around. It never really worked. So seeing how he plays at centre, where he's just free to do the way, what he wants to do. Every time he gets the ball, he's free to be Matty Burton. Add that on to the fact that he doesn't seem to be as good at organising and I think that on the weekend it showed that there's even some people, and I, I, I don't agree with it, but I can see where they're coming from, where they go, Matty Burton's a centre. Now, I still think he's a six, but he's only going to be unlocked if they just allow him to play freely like he does in the centre position because I don't think he needs to be the guy ordering the troops around getting field position. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think uh, Jesus would be great to see Matty Burton play with a Chad. Mm. Reynolds, yeah, one of these guys, and you know, I, I obviously I categorise Kyle Flanagan as being in that product of player, Type just not at that class. Yeah, yes, yeah. in that mm. class. But he, as you said last week, and I agree, you can be successful with Flano, but he needs to nail that shit every week, every week, every second of every game. Yeah, didn't on the weekend. Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. Um, and I think it did have an impact on Burton, but I also just thought, mate, like. You have a look at the way the Dolphins play. We'll talk about them soon. But, like, they just got all their fundamentals right. Mm. Canterbury were all over the place. It was it, – and Reid Marnie gave them so much direction, but Reed no Marnie. one was going with him. Mate. It, I think this is what typified their performance. That double pass to kick out, oh. to kick. <laughs> I can't remember when I've ever seen anything like that. Even, it must have been a set play that they've been working on. Surely. Either that or, they, or he's missed the count or something. I, I, I can't make sense of it. Like, wh- why would you go two ball to a left edge back rower who doesn't have a kick in him, but he's a right footer anyway? Like, you, like, that ball was never going anywhere but into the grandstand. And, like, Burton is one of the best kickers in the long kickers in the competition. <laughs> and so that's where I'm like, you know, like that organising stuff just – don't take that off his mind. It's like Munster. It's exactly like Munster. I don't want Munster worried about any of that stuff. Keep his mind free to just play footy in front of him. And that's where Matty Burton's at his best. Like, look what he did in Origin. Look what he did for Australia when he played in the centres. 
And so I know there are some people that go, no, I think he's a better center. I still think that he's 100% high quality six. He's going to grow into the role. But he needs, unfortunately, you know, Flano either needs to improve. And I know he was off the field for 10 minutes, so maybe it's a bit harsh. But unfortunately with Flano, and we've been his biggest supporters, but the, t- the clock's ticking at the moment. Like it, it has to come good soon because otherwise Burton is just going to continue to not be able to do what he needs to do. The, the tough thing is, though, that if you're not going Flano, who are you going? You've got the young bloke, Carl, who played in the last Cup on the weekend. The reports where he absolutely brained it. I went back and watched the highlights the other day. He played really well. But as you said to me on the weekend, he doesn't solve that problem. Yeah, he's not. He's, he's another than Matty Burton. And the halfback was Josh Reynolds. He also doesn't solve yeah. that problem. So they don't... Market, maybe? Going to the market for a good maybe. structured seven? But it makes you wonder, how much money does this side have to be able to... Like, it's easy, like... Well, Gus reckons they got enough to sign a marquee. Which is wild. Which is wild. But I will say, you know, it's like funny, and I know we speak about it pretty much every week. It's, it's the, the weekly Chadwick update. But <laughs> I tell you what, the Bulldogs would kill to sign Chad Townsend. If you said to t- the ch- Like, right now, if you said to the dogs... You can sign Chad Townsend for 900k a year. They'd go, boom, we'll do it right now. They'd, they would literally do it in a second. Two years ago, you would have been laughed out of a room from, from a lot of good footy pundits. And this is from my eyes. I think Chad is incredible. On 700k, that was overs. It just, again, if you've been in the half position for a long period in the NRL, you are good. Because you get chewed up and spat out so quickly in NRL if you're a halfback and you're not good. And I mean... Without coming back to him again, the Dolphins. Just what Sean O'Sullivan did yesterday. He was incredible. That's all you need to do. SOS, baby. Just drop your kicks in the right <laughs> spot. He saved our souls. Just <laughs> in that age poorly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, though. Like, again, Sean Sullivan, he's been in a few systems, been around for a while. He was outstanding. So, unfortunately for Flano, the pressure is mounting. I mean, look, the poor kid's been dealing with pressure for years now. But he needs to... Either it needs to be Seraldo that says, Flano, I need you to make all the decisions of getting us around the park, or Flano just needs to step up and do it. I'm not sure which one it is, mate, because maybe he's been told to just play second fiddle to Burton and Burton gets to make all the calls, but I just don't know if Burton's that player. It doesn't, doesn't seem to suit him. He seems to be that free-flowing guy that just makes magic work when he needs to. And wasn't it evident, like, that last pass that Burton threw that DC took the intercept off? That was just confidence completely shot, wasn't it? Yeah. But also, it was like the pace at which they were playing. It was slow. It was slow. Yeah. It was a nothing pass. Nothing, nothing ever pass. was going to come of it. Yeah. And that was my concern is just like the intensity was, wasn't there. Getting to like all the little details just weren't there, unfortunately, for the Bulldogs. And, and look, to be fair, on, in, last week we did say the dogs are going to take a while to warm into this season. Um, but in the areas where I thought they'd be quite strong, they were, you know, I thought Matty Burton was going to be. Look, I had my worry watching him in the trial that he seemed a bit flat, a bit tired, and I still have my worry that he's had such a big few years that he's a bit tired, a bit flat. Um, but I am getting closer to being convinced that he's more of the Munster type than the organising type. Yeah, well, you, you, you had some mail that he was a bit crook in the trials. Yep. Yeah, in the second trial game. It was a bit of a – essentially get the legs moving okay. around. So in the second trial <clears> – <throat> Yeah, look, it was a horror show for Matty Burton in that game. Uh, I'm happy to forgive it just in the sense that, A, we know his class, but he had a few big mistakes early in the game mm. and he just 
tried so hard to get on top of it and, and make amends for it that he just couldn't get into any rhythm in that game. He had new blokes around him and they just could not settle the doggies into yeah. any sort of rhythm. So, look, it, it won't be that bad again. He's way too good a footballer. But the one thing I will say about doggies and Tigers fans, it, it, we speak about it way too often. Well, we, not too often because it's so important, but it is these combinations. And, you know, they were two of the newest rosters in the competition, the Tigers and the Dogs. So... Takes time. Mm. Takes time. It's all right. It's not the end of the world that they've both started poorly. Then again, it makes the Dolphins look even more unbelievable that they, with 17 completely new blokes, put that together. Um, you're right, though, and, and that's it. If Flano doesn't step up, they will give uh, Oluapu an opportunity to come up, especially if he continues doing what he did on the weekend. But it is 2 five, eight. Mm. So, you know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. But if that does happen... Does it become this sort of a almost Canberra Raiders type structure where you've got Reed Marnie who who has a running game, mm. he's an organizer, he gives great service. Does he play more of a, a role in, in getting the side around the park with two boring five eights? Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Let's hope Flano lifts. He he's that number seven that can organise the side and take pressure off Birdo. Mm. Let Birdo do it, Birdo does best, and that is run the football. Yep. Um yeah, a crook old start for them, wasn't it? Unfortunately, yeah. With Mitch Moses seemingly doesn't have a contract right now, if you're Canterbury, do you throw the kitchen sink at Mitch? They already well, have. They already have. They already, they already, do you lift it now? What do you... No, the, the, the doggies could have had Mitch Moses. Really? Yeah, they could have had Mitch Moses. And they've... Op- so Mitch Moses would have been willing to leave the Eels? I believe so. Mm. And wow. uh, he was open to it. Okay. He was very open to it and going to the dot. I don't say he was willing to sign on the dotted line, but he yeah. was very open to, to the move. Now, <laughs> the, the doggies have done classic Gus Gould. Five-year plans, he looks to the future, he's done it for years, and we see what's happened at Penrith now. He's gone, all right, do we get, how old's Mitch Moses, 28 or so? 27. D- 27, 28. Yeah. Uh, do we get Mitch Moses now? Uh, and paying big money and, and hindering the rest of our roster, and he comes in and you know, be big for us this year, maybe next year. They're going, let's get Carl Oluapu, who should, on all reports, be a future superstar. They're backing him to come in, and we want to be peaking, not this year, not even necessarily 2024, mm. but he's thinking down the track. And mm. the money they save on Carl allowed the build, to build the roster across the board, mm. and they've put their faith in the youth as opposed to going for, for the older, more mm. seasoned talent. The only concern I have with that is the fact that he's not a seven. <coughs> he's another six. Mm. And so, you know, maybe there is a world where they're going, let's go the, the Raiders route where Marnie – and look, Marnie did kind of play that role on the weekend. Mm. Like, he was creating havoc around the ruck. Uh, but it's going to take time with the doggies. Like, I think that people just need to be patient. It's going to take time. The only problem is, is like, then you, when you lose a few games, you lose confidence. And when it's supposed to click, it doesn't click, not because you don't have the roster that, does, that knows each other, because everyone's confidence is down and all of a sudden you don't believe in yourself. And when we're looking, as we said, as they're looking to the future and, and to be, you know, a force again, the doggies in a couple of years' time, maybe they do see that, that organiser in Matt Burton. Maybe he's not there yet, but between Serraldo, Gus Gould, all these great footy minds, they've seen enough to say, you know, he can become that. He's just not there at the moment. Yeah, look, they know way more about footy than me, but I just don't see it. Not, not that, and that's a, not a knock on Matty Burton. He just seems like a free spirit. He reminds me of the way Munster plays. Those these magical moments that I mean, how many times have we watched over the last two years with Matty Burton? Where you're like, how did he make that line break? He's not that big. He's not that strong. He's not that fast. 
but he just did it. Yeah. Who's that remind you of? Cam Munster. He's not that big. He's not that strong. He's not that fast, but he just does it. And I just think Matty Burton needs to be free. Like, like for example, his massive bomb. You can't force that. You can't expect, like, if you're doing every single kick, you're going to be tempted to constantly rely on that massive bomb. The massive bomb comes when you've got someone else doing all the kicking and then all of a sudden you get heaps of time and space, boom, you put the bomb up. Uh, and so, look, happy to be proven wrong, but I would way rather see an unrestricted, free, Dally M centre type player of Matty Burton just living the dream out there on the edge, just tearing teams apart than uh, him organising, in my opinion. Uh, but time will tell. Time will tell. I'll say one more thing on that, and we go back to the platform set by the forward pack, mm. and the doggies just lost all their middles. Like Manly ran for 400 metres more in total. They had 150 more post-contact metres. So I know that's not the be-all and end-all, but yeah, there wasn't much of a platform to work off. But it also it felt to me, and you know, obviously those stats for the whole game, mm. I reckon Manly ran a lot more of those in the second half. Yep. And I thought Manly made a lot of errors in the first half that kept Canterbury in the game, and Canterbury still weren't able to execute yeah. off the back of it. Like there was, there was plays towards the back half, and Canterbury did have good ball. They were making it up. Yeah. They were all over the place. Uh, I, like, I, I thought Manly were good. I didn't think they were fantastic, to be honest with you. I thought mm. they still made a lot of errors, a lot of silly errors, handled a lot of ball back. But Canterbury just weren't even in the ballpark. Yeah, they, they start, I thought they started all right. I thought they started all right. Doggies. I didn't think they were that bad, first 20. Um, so, yeah, with the dogs, look, the positive is Reed Marnie was absolutely outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Far out, he's dangerous out of... I just I almost... As a huge Reed Marnie fan, I almost feel guilty that I hadn't seen. Mm. I didn't think that he would turn in I, like all this extra part of his game. As we were saying earlier, like where was this hiding? Like it was hiding in the fact that he was playing a role. I mean, it just says to to Reed's character. Think about when you've got this much talent and this much ability with creativity mm. around the ruck, and you've constantly got to run it every single week, squash that all down, and just hand good service. Must have killed him. Must have killed him. But he's such a role player in a team that he just said, nah, whatever is best for the team. And I guess I think that, you know, goes even deeper where maybe that's why he felt so, I guess, put off by being lowballed by the Eels, where he was like, mate, I have shut my mouth, gotten through all the tough work, changed my game, given service and done everything you've asked for, and then you lowball me. That, so that may speak to how he was like, you know what? I'm out of here, man. I'm going to go somewhere where I can fully spread my wings and fly. And look, you could say, well, he's not going to be playing for premierships in the next year or two. But at the same time, like, sometimes just the enjoyment of playing rugby league the way you're supposed to or the way you want to is more than a pre – like, not more than a premiership, but more enjoyable each week. So what I was thinking when I was watching Reid, I was just thinking, fuck, the next 10 years of origin, once Ben Hunt has retired. <laughs> is he the Matty Ballin of this generation? Watching, well, I, I, I still think they'll go with him and – Harry Grant. I think they'll do a similar thing to what they're doing with. Ben That's Hunt what I'm Harry saying. Is, yeah. is Reed Marnie the Matty Ballin of this generation? Yeah, for the next probably year or two, he is. But then you, uh, how, how many years do you reckon Ben Hunt's got left? Two? A thousand. <laughs> Good God. A thousand. He's never but retired. Yeah, there's there's going to be a, a six, seven year period unless another hooker pops up where I think they will go Reed and Harry Grant. And with his running game that he showed the other day, when they were on the back foot the entire time, they're going to dominate. Yeah. Hunt's going to retire from the NRL, but they'll just bring him back for Origin each yeah. year to kill us. 100%. 100%. <laughs>
And he will do it. He'll do something. Like he he will. Absolutely will. That's a good point, Guru. You're right. Like, Queensland's hookers have been upset for the next 10 years. Yeah. As long as they both stay injury free. And it's almost scary because, like, before this year, we would have said, bring Reed Marnie in, get through all the dog work, get him off, and then Harry Grant brings on creativity. Now you've got Reed Marnie doing creativity and the dog work, and then Harry Grant coming on and doing the same thing. And as you said, if they're both fit, great. But even if one of them's not, you can play one of them for 80. They'll be okay. I know. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, the positive is for the doggies, Reed Marnie was absolutely outstanding. Uh, anything else on the dogs that stood out for you? Alamotti, Tanner, Preston uh, made debuts. Didn't look overall. Got through their work okay. Yeah, I just want to make note of Maxi King's effort to ground the ball on half time with what would have been the most ridiculous try from Manly. Mm. He came from nowhere, the big fella, and just dove out, got the hand, <coughs> put it down. That would have been the biggest dagger on half time. Didn't change, you know, the outcome of the game by any means, but it was such a special effort, I thought. Mm. Max what King. was that 15 seconds? <laughs> that was Fox unbelievable. Tried to like no one. Oh. Oh. Look, going to take time. As we said before the game, guys, and we all t- p- tipped manly, it's going to take time. So just be patient, Doggies fans. The good thing is, is you've got the roster now. For how many years were we sitting there going, they just don't have the roster? You've got the roster. Be patient. Look where the Panthers are now. Seraldo was a part of that. Gus Gould was a part of that. Just be patient, Doggies fans. It's going to come. I, I will be shocked if in two years' time they aren't fighting in the eight. I'll be shocked. Yeah, and no matter how poor Saturday was or if it, even if it was worse than what it was, you're in a better spot now than when you were this time last year by oh, far and away. By a mile. By a mile. Uh, let's get on to Manly. Wow. I thought they were absolutely outstanding. Yes, they had a few errors that it, it stung the, the game in regards to like if they had have completed a higher percentage or basically if they had have had um, – just a few less errors in key times, it would have been almost the perfect performance. I, I thought their energy was there. I thought their their continuity was there. Their, uh, just the mongrel, their forward pack. like The fact that Olakowatu took it personally that Kikau was a superstar. Like Olakowatu was offended that Kikau was this big superstar. He was hunting him constantly. And there was a moment at the end of the game where I go, this manly forward pack might be building into something special. Kick out, takes a normal run. Olakawatu comes screaming in, jams him. Uh, then I think Kick out stands up and he either drops a ball or he, and he pushes Josh Alaye. But before he pushes Josh Alaye, uh, uh, Olakawatu is patting Alaye on the back, going, fuck yeah, let's like just pumping each other up. The game's won. They're 30 in front and he's Ging up a shot on Kick out. And it's like when you've got dogs in your forward pack, that are getting pumped in the 75th minute, up 30 jamming blokes, that's when you're going, something special building here. Yeah, and I like over the last 20-odd years, when Manly's been at, a, at their best, their forward pack has always just had a siege mentality. Mm. And that's what it felt like on the weekend, mm. once again. And, you know, we spoke last week about how Anthony Seabold, you know, he can, he can sell papers till the cows come home. They haven't been in the media at all. And that's how the old Manly side was. Yeah. You had... They were very, like, almost anti-media. They avoided it like yeah. the plague. And that's the same as what this Manly side's done, but they've come out and been the best team in pre-season. They've killed it in round one. Um, and it was even lot like... I thought Lockie Croker looked really good. I thought Brad Parker, his defence was incredible. Croker was friggin' phenomenal. 
Like it, it wasn't just the stars that killed it. It was so the disrespect that you sound surprised that Brad Parker's defending. <laughs> when will this bloke get the recognition he deserves? Right of the elite centres of the. When game. will he get a blue yeah. tick on Instagram? Yeah. It's, a, it's a travesty. It's an absolute travesty. Yeah. Um, another moment for me that was like, wow, this this team unity that seems to have grown out of a tough time. So, DCE <clears throat> chased a kick and he was ahead of everyone. And basically, I think one of the Bulldogs players dived on it. He was about a metre out from his line. And this would have been like 10 minutes to go. So DCE usually, like he had every right to just lay on the tackle. DCE didn't even look behind himself. He bounced straight back up and then went, had a little look over his shoulder. And guess what the line speed was from his forward pack? It was fucking off their line. The scoot made about a metre. And for DCE to know, know that his forward pack was already there, ready to fucking go. How often do you see a player, like when they, when they chase a kick and they're way ahead of the line, they'll lay on it and they'll look around to see if anyone's there to t- do the tackle. He didn't even turn his back. He literally bounced straight back up and then you just saw the Manly Seal four-pack come screaming out and jamming the, the scooter. And that's, an evident, that's evidence of like a team bond, a gelling. That's hard to emulate. It's hard to create. And that's where I look at Manly. I go, if they can stay fit. I mean, Tom Trevojevic was in second gear the whole game. Mm. He, he like didn't even terrifying. want to get like that's terrifying like he could have made a break and he just pulled up yeah. oh, which I, is yeah. a mixture of two things you're like okay i hope his hammy's all right but at the same time once he does kitty straps wow I love seeing that, Kempi, the management of Tommy Turbo, mm. that conscious ap- approach of, no, like we can't let you just go out there and, and go helpful level like you have in the past. We need to manage you. And wasn't it evident that when he made – he had space there and he had – granted it was Fox was one of the chasing pack coming after him, but straight away he just went, no, nah, I'm not stretching out. I don't mm. need to. And he pulled up and it was like – it was because, obviously a concerted effort, a conscious effort, I should say. But I also love that they – Took him off early in the oh, game. I love when, that. When, when they had like that, such a great way of thinking. And I've always been very critical of coaches in the past, you know, whether it be the week before finals and they're going for daily envotes on players or trying to get a bigger lead in a, a bigger winning margin or whatever. And it just achieves nothing when they pulled Tommy off with, was it about 15, 20 to go? Against his will too. Yeah. Which shows strong yeah, coaching. Exactly right. And of course, Tommy doesn't want to come yeah. off, but they did. And then, unfortunately, obviously, Lockie Croker had the concussion. So he had to go back on and finish the game. But why not do that the first, when possible, in the first few rounds when they get out to a lead? Just take him off. Yeah. Don't risk him. There's no point. Oh, There's it was no great point. coaching. Great coaching. And it's strong coaching. Yeah. He's a new coach. He's a young coach. He's gone through everything he went through at the Brisbane Broncos. Tom Travojevic, arguably on his day, literally the greatest player ever. Like, that's how good this guy is at fullback. And the strength to go, Tommy might be a bit pissed at me because he's got to sit at the sideline and he's literally walking back up and down because he wants to get back out there. But I'm making a strong decision for what's best for the team. I thought it was fantastic. So what, I thought uh, Kale Weeks that came on, fuck, he had some nice touches. He's so silky. He's so silky. He's got a heap of talent. And he was playing out of position for most of the time. He was on the field too. He, yeah. um, he jumped into nine for Croker and he looked fantastic. Ethan Bullimore. Fuck his power through to the middle. He is just explosive. Leg speed. Yeah. So much leg speed. So so hard to handle. He was great off the bench. Uh, so who could be a game changer for Manly? I've been saying for years, buy Paseca a mirror so we can realise how mm. big he is. Yeah. I really hope that the weekend was a turning point for him. 
Well, he, had, he there was a period. I think it was two years ago. He had like a turning point, and when they went to the prelim, had a few turning points. Yeah, and then he then, and he, then he regresses. He yeah, down. then he regresses yeah. back to the. I know the other day he felt a little bit different. To I me, hope though. so. He was I good. He so. was so good. Oh, beast! I mean, he was he was Nelson Asafa Solomon at yeah. like. That's how good he was. Uh, let's talk about it, my boy uh, Hamolo Olakwatu. Smoky for Origin, surely. Like he may not have. When you look at his stats, they don't wow you. You don't go, oh my god. But when you actually watch the game and see his impact in, like, his aggressiveness, I understand that the it's the New South Wales side is stacked. So making the starting side is going to be quite hard. But, I mean, Olakawatu off the bench through the middle, super aggressive, I don't mind it. I'm not saying that I would make that call yet, but I think he should be in conversation if he keeps this up. Yeah, for sure. And I think that his stats on the weekend don't wow you. He's a guy that... Quite often when, when you get to the end, end of the round that you have a look and they are pretty damn impressive, but it, it is his aggression. He doesn't he so doesn't aggressive. just do a job. He wants to hurt every single time. That's he, his He mindset. knocks it. Like, I reckon he's got the most knockouts while running the ball of any player currently. For sure. He knocks yeah. people out all the time. All the time, yeah. And, he, and he'll and he also, like, he, and we, we said it a few weeks ago, he doesn't hide away from work either. No. He's the biggest, strongest guy on the field. He could edge away from a lot of defensive work. He doesn't. He's in his, what, fourth, fifth year of fucking footy? Came from basketball. Yeah. <laughs> it's 125 yeah. metres, 57 post contact, three tackle breaks, 21 tackles, zero misses. Matter of fact, him and Josh Eli were the only forwards in that manly forward pack to not miss a tackle. Well, if you go back to the start of, I think it was the start of last season, or maybe it was the year before mm. when um, Suali made his his first trial with the New South Wales Cup for the Bears. Mm. They were playing against Manly and he broke his arm in that game. It wasn't that long ago that he was in reserve grade as a, as a second rower. Mm. And now we're talking about him as an origin, smoky sort of guy. And the, the one stat that, that always, even a week's like oh, maybe the stats don't show how good he is in his aggression and whatnot. The one that nearly always crops up, there's only three this week, but it's tackle breaks for him. Mm. So just going through a few from last year in, in random games, his better ones, six tackle breaks, 12 tackle breaks, six, seven, eight, eight, six, oh. nine. Like when he's on, he's nearly always on, to be honest. Yeah. People cannot tackle him. He's, and he's, I, I, I don't even think we're close to his ceiling too. No. As I said, he's relatively new into rugby league. Like I, I am super excited for his future. And he's what, 22, 23? He's young. He's still yeah. pretty young. And he's, he's also a guy that, 24. That's young. Like, he can play 80 minutes, but I often wonder with him, would he be better if he played 60? And just let him go skits? Let him go nuts for yeah. 60 minutes. Because, that, cause like, as, as much as we compliment him for how much work he gets through, I think it can be a bit of a negative on his attack sometimes mm. that he does get through so much work. and he puts. Yeah. Whereas if you just put him on there for 60 and let him go nuts, I, I reckon it could be even more effective. Mm. Uh, uh, shout out to Cola. Another like he just he's just flying under the radar. Like he just continues to develop as a center. Him defensively, his cool. tackle where he drives through the middle, it's honestly like poetry to watch. Yeah. He just has so much explosiveness through his hips and his legs. He just I, I don't know who he it was one of the bigger players that he literally jammed through the middle. Like I'm I don't know which one it was, but it was one of the big maybe kick out, I think. Just straight through the guts every single time. Well, uh, it might have been groundbreaking call, but like his ceiling is best center in the NRL. He, with his speed and how good he is defensively, he like he could be the best center in the NRL in a couple of years' time. Well, he could he can be like peak Jimmy Roberts when J- Jimmy Roberts was absolutely tearing teams apart, but a way better defender. But exactly, I was about Sorry, to say. I'll cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> but defensively, 
he's one of the better defensive centers in the competition. Almost like, you know, Josh Morris. Yeah. Defensively, speed. I, I would say that. He's impressed me more defensively since coming to the NRL than attacking. Without a doubt. Yeah. And so what's crazy is with a guy that quick, we haven't even seen him really be unlocked out there yet. Yeah. Um, and you also haven't seen him play a stack of footy in a manly side with Turbo as well. Mm, true. Like he, he sort of came into his best at the back end of last season once Turbo was already um, out of the side. So, And I think you could see at the back end of last year, I've, sort of, I've said it before, DCE is one of those halfbacks that when you earn his trust, you get a lot of ball off him. Mm. And you could see at the back end of last year, Cola starting to get a heap of pill off him. So I reckon he, him and Ola Kawato on that edge, they're going to combine for a number of tries over the years, I think. Uh, speaking of uh, DCE, what a, what a game. Like, what a game. And what I liked about it was my only knock on DCE is sometimes he can overplay. Like, mm. he touches it too much and he doesn't allow his um, half to impact the game at all but Cooper Johns is almost the perfect foil for DCE because he's just a really good solid half good ball playing squares defense like a lot of the tries if you go back and look go back and look who the guy was squaring the lineup it was Cooper Johns and he you know his stats aren't impressive at all but Cooper Johns was a big part of them getting extra space on the edges uh, DCE was absolutely outstanding I think it's just an incredible when people are hitting 31, 32, 33, 34 years old now, they're playing some of their best footy. Whereas back in the day, you're done at 30. You're done. Is it's it his first, first career Hattie doing that? First career Hattie. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you have a look from the weekend. Uh, DCE had 68 touches of the ball. Cooper John still had 42. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. And so you got Cooper Johns, who's really good at just laying it. Like, DCE is still the guy putting, you know, field position, all that kind of stuff. But when you need a good structured half to just get to the line and square the defence up to create space for Tommy, there's a world where Cooper keeps that spot for maybe the year. Like, if they keep playing like that and putting those scores on, why would you move Cooper out of that position? You'd be crazy, wouldn't you? It'd be really interesting if Manly didn't have a buy this week. The, yeah. That's yeah. the shit thing for Cooper. Yeah, true. If they didn't Schuster have a buy this week and then he had another opportunity to show what he can do and he Are you putting Schuster back in? If- yes. Yeah, yeah. What are you, Matty? You putting Schuster back in? It it's tough, but yeah, I, I am. They've the whole plan's been Schuster is six, so oh yeah. I'd be so tempted to move him to an edge and keep Cooper Johns in that sixth role. Could you play him at thirteen potentially, Schuster? Would you consider that or in an alloy off the bench as a front row rotation? Yeah, yeah. I just think it's tough on Cooper, player of the preseason, mm-hmm. comes out. They win by thirty-one to six. And then, I mean, Schuster is incredible. And to your point, if they do do that, then you can fit in Weeks in the team at 14. You can fit in Cooper in the team. You can fit in Schuster in the team. You can fit in more people. Yeah, true. That can play more roles as well. Mm. In in saying that, I I know it's easy to say, play Schuster at 13, play him on an edge. You know, if reports are true, he's lost 10 to 12 kilos. He's still big enough, though. He's fucking massive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Yeah, okay. He, he would still be a good 98 kilos, I'd say. Yeah, but, I mean, he has had an entire preseason. He, he, he took the World Cup off getting ready for 5'8". Yeah, I, I don't know. He's a fucking big boy, bro. But, yeah, maybe. Maybe physically he's not prepared to play on the edge. Um, look, I, I think they'll put him at six. I don't think it's going to be an issue, but I think, damn, that's unfair. It's a better on conversation than what we thought it would be, though. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and if they didn't have a bye this week... And he does it again. Able to come out and do it again, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought Sean Kepi had some impact off the bench, too. Uh, but yeah, outside of that, and also our boy Gordon Chan Kumtong, he's on the twenty second. He's the eighteenth man, so they must have got him into the top thirty somehow. Well, they'll, they'll play this week if Lockie's. Lockie yeah, true. Past, so. Our boy, how good? Uh, so yeah, Manly looking red, red hot. Uh, I want to see them against a top tier side, um, but you cannot take away from the fact that they were arguably one of the better sides of the weekend. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for Manly. I think they're in for a big year. I thought uh, the back rower, um, Kelmer, come over from the Tigers, didn't do a stack in the game, but there was one touch he had where he put Ruben Garrick over for Oh, the hands. <sighs> Such soft hands. It was hands. very Schuster-like. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And that's the thing, like, when you – let's say Cooper Johns kills it. Then you've got a back row that you've got to choose between Olakawatu, Kelmer, Tualangi, and Schuster, like – the, the depth that they're creating, I'm, I'm excited for Manly. I really am. I really am. I think their only concern, like, long-term is, like, DC is so pivotal to them. Who do you get to replace him? Who's coming through that can fit that role? Um, but, I mean, that's, that's down the line. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.